uh, great to be back preaching. Uh, I'm excited about being able to be up here and continue this sermon series. And I've had many of you asking just how are things going. For those of you who are new here, I ended up having uh, radiation treatments a couple weeks back. And I uh, had uh, one day, long day of radiation treatment. And things are going great. And uh, just had minimal side effects. There's things you can get off of that like you know, swelling on the brain or headaches or seizures or whatever that can come from the gamma knife there to the head and, and didn't have any of that, praise God. And uh, so amen to that. And uh, so I appreciate you praying along the way. Uh, I appreciate Advil along the way. And, uh, but it's, I really had zero uh, heavy struggles with that. We had a few side effects to some of the meds or something along the way there that created dehydration. So I ended up with some kidney stones uh, those are fun. Uh, in fact, that hurt way worse than anything else I went through there. Uh, the kidney stones, they passed fast, so they were small, and, uh, but uh, a grinding night there of walking through those. Other than that, everything was phenomenal. So energies are doing well. The next step is MRI in about six months just to see where we're at. It's kind of a slow fade is the effect that the radiation has. So over the next year or two or three, we'll see uh, how the effects uh, have taken place there. All right, so that's where we are. That's kind of the update, and we're back at it, full energy and ready to rock. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man. So we are in a series called Firm Foundation, Firm Foundations. And as we go after this, we are looking for trying to establish a church on the biblical truths that God has established, those things that give solid ground to what our church can and should be about. May God get all the glory, all right? And so we've had uh, four of our pastors preaching, praise God, for a deep bench here at this church. And uh, we've had four of our pastors bringing this series so far. And we've walked through proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Man, every single week we will always, everybody say always, always go through the word of God, bringing it real, bringing it powerfully. May God get all the glory. His word, first and foremost, lifted up that we might worship him. And then we talked about lifting high the name of Jesus in worship, being able to celebrate the greatness of Jesus Christ. Man, we don't go through this so we get a ritualistic list of what to do and what not to do, and it becomes a giant legalistic walk. Everybody say, not that. It is about following after Jesus Christ and worshiping him with all we have. Right? So the word and worship, and then believing firmly in the power of prayer, bringing it in a huge, personal, deep, passionate way as we pray to our God, as we celebrate our God and lift up our needs before him and watch God work, bringing it regularly to our king. And then the last one, sharing boldly of our faith in Jesus Christ. Being able to bring a real transparent challenge to our friends, our family members, our co-workers, just letting them know how God is rocking our world and who he is, and then watch God work, all right? May God fill us up, and then may that spill to the streets as we share with him. Those are actually four of our pillars here at this church. We go after those with all we've got. And then one last big one is uncommon community. We're going to talk these last two weeks here in this series about what it looks like to rally together, everybody say together, to rally together to go after our worship of our king. May God get all the glory, all right? So let's get started here as we look this week at Uncommon Community, drawing near, 
You heard those words in that offertory, draw near. And uh, what does it look like to draw near? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. As we get going here on drawing near as a firm foundation. Point number one, draw near to the Holy One in full assurance. Draw near to the Holy One in full assurance. It's actually in the command form. It's something that we need to go after, uh, coming close to Him in full assurance. And uh, Here we go, starting in verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers, we'll just hold right there. When we see the word therefore, we say, so therefore, therefore, it's a connecting word. Don't miss that. It's connecting us back to all that's gone on prior in Hebrews chapter 9 and early in chapter 10, all right? And therefore, it looks back at the theology that was just shared, and now it calls us to action. And we have to make sure we grasp that. Make sure you always know the context when you're reading Scripture. Don't just read a passage. Make sure you know what's coming before it and really even after it so you can connect those together and make the most sense out of what God's trying to deliver to you, all right? And context here, super important that we grasp it, so let's make sure we get it. Hebrews 9 and early 10, it's talking all about Old Testament, all right? It's before Christ. It's talking about Old Testament and what it looked like to approach God, what it looked like to have a relationship with God. And we need to understand and grasp how that worked for them. And so that said, we've got a slide I want to throw up here. This is a reminder back from our prior series. We actually went through this slide in the Feast of Tabernacles, all right? And so here's a, an image. Uh, do you remember this image? And so we talked about this. This was out in the wilderness as the Israelites were wandering. This was their view every night for 40 years in the wilderness as they wandered. And they were told to set up that middle area there up at the front, this tent of meeting, the kind of the fenced area around it. And then the holy place is that tabernacle inside of it. You can see the fire, the pillar of fire above. That's the presence of God that by night showed as a pillar of fire and by day as a cloud. And God would lead them and he would guarantee them of his presence this was 40 years in the wilderness. This is what it looked like, all right? And then they ended up taking this tent of meeting, and they ended up making it into the temple. Solomon built the temple, and that ended up being the holy place at that point, all right? So we just have to make sure we understand how this worked. As they entered into that area, there was this altar up front where they would have a sacrifice of an animal that would cover their sins, all right? And then the only ones that could move past that were the priests. Everybody say the priests. It's going to be really important to hang on to that. After the sacrifice, the priests would move past that. They could move inside the holy place, a closer presence to where God was. They would actually manage some of the things like keeping the candles lit, the menorah, and keeping the bread fresh and keeping the incense going. The priests would take care of that. And then they could step past that. Only one person, the high priest, would step past that by opening the curtain and stepping inside the most holy place, the holy of holies. And the high priest would go in there once per year for the sins of the nation, being into the very presence of the glory of God once per year and only the high priest, all right? So from the outside, 
you could approach far enough to have a sacrifice of sin. The priest could go a little bit further than that after they've been cleansed and washed, after they've been purified. They could get into the holy place and they could end up setting things up. And then the high priest would open the curtain and go inside to the most holy place or the holy of holies where the glory of God was expressed out. That's Old Testament, okay? So don't forget words like the altar and the cleansing and the curtain and the holy place. Those are words we're going to hear come up as we walk through this passage. And the reality is he's looking back to Old Testament and he's now saying, look at the privilege we have after Jesus Christ. All right. So here we go. That's been the setup in Hebrews 9 and 10. He says, because of Jesus Christ... And that we now have access to God Almighty. He says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, right? You hear what he's talking about? He's looking back to Old Testament. He's talking about, think of how they approached God. Now we have access to the holy places by the blood of Jesus. No longer is there an altar of animals. Now it's Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross. He is our Passover lamb. And as Jesus Christ has gone to that cross and his blood shed for us, it's like the altar that used to be approached where the animal sacrifice was is now the blood of Jesus Christ. And now, not just the priests can go forward, but all of us who, First Peter, are called priests. Did you know that? That if you trust in Jesus Christ, you are a priest, meaning You are close to God and you can share God with others. You can have relationship with him. Hear me, man. That used to be a narrowed crew of people. And now everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, privilege. We can enter into the holy place because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, man. We can get close to him and him close to us. We are priests. It says, know this, we can have the confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us. Jesus Christ giving us a new way, somewhat similar to the old, the old like a type, a model of what it would be as we move forward, but he gives us a new way through the curtain. Remember that word? And only the high priest could enter in once per year through that curtain. He says, through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, you and me can enter the holy of holies, the presence of the glory of God Almighty. Hear me, man. When he says your body is a temple and the Holy Spirit takes up residence within, you got to grasp how an Old Testament saint would hear that. They would hear it as, I could never go there. And every day in every way, you have what I could never have. Man, think of the Apostle Paul, a Pharisee, who before Jesus Christ was like, I can't go in there. I'm not a high priest. I have no privilege to the Holy of Holies. And now because of Jesus Christ, I have him with me right here, right now. This is the most holy place. Hang on. No, now this is the most holy place. Wherever I go, God with me. Everybody say, God with me. And that is privilege, man. Don't miss that. 
where God used to have some level of presence in this world, but it stayed distant as he revealed his holiness. He is now revealing out sin covered through Jesus Christ. We have privilege. Praise be to God. Man, I don't know if we can grasp it enough until we've sat and thought long and hard about what it must have been like to approach God at a distance. And now we get to have him in our very hurting moments, in our tearful moments, in our celebration moments, God with us. Praise be to God. He says, through the curtain, that is through Jesus' flesh, his body broken for us. And it's like the curtain that was separating God Almighty and his glory from us. And now because of Jesus Christ, we literally are able to enter into that curtain. That Remember this, when Jesus Christ breathed his last, the thing that happened, was thunderous earthquake and the curtain tore top to bottom. And the presence of the Holy of Holies became accessible to you and to me. And Jesus Christ is that privilege through his flesh. It says, and since we have a great high priest, everybody say, that's Jesus, over the house of God, because we have Jesus Christ as our great high priest, and we have access, and we can now enter through the curtain to the holy of holies, and we have our sin covered on the altar. It is Jesus Christ's blood, and we are cleansed, and we are purified, and we have hope in him. Because of that, he says, let us. We're going to see those two words three times over, let us. It's a command form that's calling for action. He says, let us draw near. Man, take advantage of what you have. The writer of Hebrews here is saying, hear me. This wasn't accessible through all of the Old Testament. Only one high priest once a year. And now we have the privilege, don't miss out. Draw near to your God. And notice what it says. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. With a true heart in full assurance of faith. Man, don't just walk into the throne room of the presence of God, kicking the door down, like, all right, I'm here, and I'm valuable. And it doesn't matter if there's sin in my life. I'm not dealing with that right now. God, here's some things I want from you. Everybody say, this is a terrible plan. Right? And yet, how often is that how we start walking around in life? Entitlement written over our head. As we're like, I'm going to demand and command, and I'm not feeling really good right now, God, and so I'm going to let you know, and we start getting real with our God. And uh, hear me, man. God can handle anything. But it's really a bad plan to say, I'm thinking disrespectful is the best approach here, right? And may we approach our God super appreciative and super respectful of all that he's done for us. Man, grasp who he is. He says, come with a true heart. So yeah, Lord, I'm being real with you. I'm hurting right now. It's not come with a fake heart. Everybody say, not fake. It's not, okay, God, I'm going to pretend like I'm doing really well when I'm not. Like, it's not that. It's coming in saying, Lord, I'm hurting like crazy, but I'm giving it to you, and you are awesome, and I'm missing something, and you've got your hand on this, and I'm trusting you. Come with a true heart, being real with your God, but don't lose the respect in the midst of being real. 
And all of God's people said, okay, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, in full assurance of faith, super confident that your God loves you, he cares for you, he's right here with you, and he's willing to pour it on, in full assurance of faith. I'm just saying there's a really big deal to that phrase, full assurance of faith. The high priest used to end up doing sacrifices and multiple washings throughout the day, including changing of clothes, repeatedly trying to get clean enough to get ready to enter the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, once and hope that he lived. And there was a nervousness about, did I get my sin covered enough? I mean, think about it. When you have to worry about your actions being clean enough, and we know that we have bad thoughts throughout a day, can you imagine that moment? where you're like, you're all cleaned up, right? You're ready to rock. You're about ready to go in the Holy of Holies. And some guy says or does something, and you're like, what a moron. And you're like, oh, I got to start over, <laughs> right? Can you imagine? Like you're trying to get clean enough to get things in order to get in. And praise God, we have a Lord Jesus Christ who has covered our sin. And all of God's people said, amen, man. May we get to draw near to him. In full assurance of faith, um, drawing near with a true heart in full assurance. Man, there's an art to it. And uh, a simple phrase that I've loved to use over the course of time with prayer is uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Have you heard this? Acts. It's a great prayer approach to God. Adoration. A. Adoration. Like you're just, God, you're awesome. Lord, I love you. Start drawing near by talking about God's greatness. God, you are amazing. Lord, I see you sacrificing. Your love is so fulfilling. Lord, thank you for the healing you've been providing, whatever it is, adoration, right? And then confession. Lord, there's some things I got to get clear, and I know I've been wrong in this. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. And make sure your confession is real and regular. When's the last time you confessed sin to your God? If it's longer than a few hours ago, get on that, right? Because we are regularly struggling with the sin that is throughout us. Lord, please forgive me. God, I'm handing this to you. If you're in this room and you're like, I don't know, man, it feels like God may not be that real. I'm telling you, you probably have unconfessed sin and it's time to get it confessed. Get that out of the way. Lord, please forgive me. I am ready to be blown away by your glory presence in my life. Forgive me. And please hear me. I cannot cry this out loud enough. Confess sin. It gets us so humble with our God and so ready to hear from him. And Lord, I'm so wrong and you're so right. Now let's walk forward together. Get that confessed. Just like when you look at the tabernacle, the first thing that they approached was the altar of sacrifice. Lord, please forgive me. Right? And then they moved in from there to the presence of God. Lord, please forgive me. Thanksgiving, the next one, right? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for what you're doing specifically in my life. Adoration is just like you're awesome everywhere. But thanksgiving is like you're awesome right here in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in my world. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then finally supplication, the yes. Lord, here's some needs or thoughts I have. It's not running in with the supplication first off. It's running in with the worship first off. 
and getting that sin cleared and confessed and spending some time thanking your God and then bringing some needs to him and watch God blow you away with his presence. Man, I'm telling you, this is a great way to start your day when you reach over to grab your Bible. Maybe you wake up in the morning. I know for me, I've got it right beside me. I use the iPad there. I pull it up and I go to the reading plan for the day and I'm reading through the passage. It's not, all right, got to power through this. Like, I really say not that. Okay, it's, Lord, may I meet you here. You are awesome. And I know that I get distracted. May I not get distracted in these next minutes with you. And then I spend a little bit of time just reading through the passage, looking for why God is so great. And then being able to record that down. And we've got a group that's actually texting for the impact group I'm a part of. And we text a little bit of what we've been learning. What'd you get out of this today? And we just text each other with it. And it's just a moment of saying, God is great. And I always end it with a prayer piece. Lord, may I get this out of you today. Man, spend a little bit of time in the word where it brings you to your God. Close, near, worshiping, appreciating, and thanking. May God blow you away with his glory. It is privilege that we get to be that close. And all of God's people said, okay. He says, let us draw near in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience with our hearts sprinkled clean, just like the priests getting washed and cleansed right before they walked in, right? First is the altar, then the cleansing, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. We all have a conscience. It's that thing that speaks inside of you that's like, dude, you really should not have done that, right? The conscience that sort of taps on the shoulder and says, hey, let's get that cleaned up, right? And the evil conscience is the one that's like, what? What was wrong with that? Right? The evil conscience is sort of missing what's wrong, the seared conscience. And he's like, just so you know, cleansed from missing it. And we're beginning to see more and more things that are wrong. Have you ever had that in your life where as you start getting close to God and you're starting to get into the word and you're starting to draw near and you're listening to what he has to say, all of a sudden you're like, that's wrong too? And I got to fix that too. That needs to be adjusted as well. And just so you know, it's not in your hands to go make it different. God's glory changes us one degree of glory at a time. Second Corinthians 3, as you draw near to him and his glory pours on you, it starts changing you. And part of the change process is you actually start seeing things that were wrong that before you thought were fine. Right? And it's cleansing us from an evil conscience and revealing out, and it says, and our bodies washed with pure water. Man, literally, we are ready to enter into the presence of God Almighty by the work of Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory, okay? So, you know, this uh, past month has been a huge month for us. Obviously, we had the radiation treatment that we talked about, but uh, a little bit before that, our family got to go to Israel, and uh, John and I were over there in Israel. We met up with Alyssa. We were actually on a tour. It was a sweet time as we went around and got to see a ton of things in Israel. But one of the places we went to, uh, Alyssa had something set up with her school, uh, which just God's timing on it all. But they were going to take that school group, that 20-some people, into the Dome of the Rock, the Dome of the Rock, which is on the Temple Mount. It's owned by the Muslims. Westerners don't get to get in there, but they made a deal with the school. I'm not quite sure how they even swung that. 
might be a bribe involved somewhere in there. I'm not sure how, but somehow they got them in there. And so they were going to let this group of Westerners in. And there were a couple rules behind it as we went in. Guys had to wear long sleeve shirts. You had to cover your arms and uh, long pants. Girls had to be dressed where uh, basically all the hair was covered um, and where your shoulders and elbows are covered, where your knees are covered. You had to wear long skirts and dresses and something like that. Let's just throw this first image up here. Um, so this is uh, coming in just a second. This is us going in to the Dome of the Rock. And uh, so that's my wife, in case you don't recognize Jana <laughs> with no hair. So you, had to, <laughs> so you had to dress somewhat looking Muslim, basically, right? You're dressed up like this. And so that was me and Jana. I just, that is, that is not an attractive look for us, but that's all right. That's a good looking skirt for you. It's an attractive look for you, baby. You look awesome. Just me, just me right there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I saved that a little. You were, you were witnesses a little. Um, and then Alyssa on the outside there. It was a sweet time to be able to get together with them and go into the Dome of the Rock. I got to be honest, as we were going in, I, part of me is like, I'm not sure what the Dome of the Rock is. I'm not sure what we're going to see, but I'm certain they're going to be like, there's a closet. We're done showing you. Get out of here, right? We're Westerners. So instead, like the Dome of the Rock, well, it's basically a dome over a rock. So it's well-named, Dome of the Rock, right? The rock, though, is Mount Moriah. If you were going to say it in the Hebrew, Mount Moriah, right? And, and Mount Moriah, this is the place where the temple was built, where Solomon placed it. This is the place the Holy of Holies sat on Mount Moriah. So as we're going in to see the rock, we're seeing Mount Moriah, the place of the Holy of Holies. Remember, we just talked about this, Hebrews 9, the place where the curtain was that needed to be pushed apart so the high priest could enter in once per year. When Jesus breathed his last, that curtain tore top to bottom right there. Like that's, amen, man, that's where we were at, where the Ark of the Covenant sat earlier in time. This was an awesome, holy place that we were at. And uh, that is the rock, Mount Moriah, and that is the dome, which was absolutely ornate, all the gold and everything else above it. Absolutely stunning, phenomenal. As we walked in, they're like, well, here it is. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Like, we are literally standing at the Holy of Holies. We are on Mount Moriah right now. It was more than that. They're like, feel free to go downstairs. They made this little cave. As you're coming down, you could literally touch Mount Moriah. So as we're walking in, we got to touch, dressed in our full Muslim garb, touched Mount Moriah as we're walking in, going down underneath and being able to see and grasp all that's going on. Hear me, man, as I touch Mount Moriah. Old Testament, I am dead. But because of Jesus Christ, because of his shed blood, I am standing where God has done miracle work. And I now can draw near. And man, in that moment, I was like, Lord Jesus, this is because of you. You are on. It was this huge worship moment of being able to say, this place is yours. May you get all the worship and the glory. And man, I don't know what's going to go on with the Dome of the Rock and that moment and that spot, but I'm telling you this. Jesus Christ is coming again, and he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And when his foot touches down, amen, man. Amen. When his foot touches down on the Mount of Olives and thunderous earthquake and he comes across and five days later takes his seat, 
here. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. Hear me. Draw near. Know that God. Meet that God. Be blown away by that God. Get the sin confessed out of the way and enter in to a relationship with your king. May God get all the glory. How are you doing at drawing near? Draw near to him, all right? Number two, have faith in the one who is faithful. Have faith in the one who is faithful. The first let us was let us draw near. The second one, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Hold fast. We've talked about this before, but just do this with me. Take your fist, hold it up in the air. Ready? Squeeze a little bit. Okay? Now squeeze as hard as you can so your fist is almost shaking. You can feel it in your forearm. Squeeze hard, hard. Now let go a little. Can you feel it in your fingers? Okay. Squeeze down as hard as you can. That's holding fast. Grip with all you've got and don't let go. Hold fast without wavering. It says, And let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. The confession of our hope. Man, our sin is covered in Jesus Christ and he is transforming us as he walks us along a path. It says, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised. What did he promise? He promised that sin would be paid for. But more than that, it's not just sin covered. He promised that sin would be removed. That he is absolutely going to be doing a glorifying work in you. And some of it here on earth as we experience moment by moment change along the way. But ultimately and finally as we hit eternity in heaven, absolutely perfect, sin removed. No more struggle with what you think in your head that you almost said. No more struggle with the actions you do that you wish you didn't do. It's gone, man. Sin removed. Promised. Sin covered. Promised. Sin removed. Promised. Holy Spirit with you, comforting you. Promised. Him doing a work in you that you could not do yourself. Promised. You are not alone on this journey. God with you you. Man, he loves you, and he's never going to leave you alone. He has promised, and he is faithful, meaning what he says he will do. Faithful. Everybody say, he is faithful. He is faithful. Man, as you draw near, he is faithful to cover the sin, to take away the sin, to begin to transform, to do a work in you and on that journey to comfort with all he's got. You are not alone. Draw near. Meet your God and be blown away by your God, the one who is faithful. And listen to him and believe him on the entirety of the journey. I'm just telling you, man, your, your own little self-talk starts whispering all the time. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, but you know, I, right? We have those moments, and all of a sudden, our voice starts talking loud. Man, know this. God is more faithful than you are. 
and yet we trust ourselves more than him. Down with that plan, up with trusting God. He is faithful, all right? You know, I told you this two weeks ago. Uh, I had to go in for radiation treatment, and it's a one-day shot. It was gamma knife. Praise God for that. Didn't have to do the, the long-standing, like the 30 or 40 treatments. We just, the one-day treatment with gamma knife. It's very specific uh, it's targeted at one specific spot, which is that tumor, and trying to hammer it. And um, in order to be that accurate, down to the millimeter kind of thing, uh, they need to kind of fix you in position. And so I had to wear a frame on my head that got screwed into the skull on the front and the back. So we talked about putting a picture up, but because we love you, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so... They ended up screwing it in, and I'll just say Dr. Klappenstein came in, and he's like, all right, look, I'm just telling you, the frame, getting the frame screwed in won't hurt. I'm just saying it was a little hard to receive that information. I was like, really? Screwing it in isn't going to hurt? He's like, no, but, but the shot is. Okay, when a doctor says it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt, right? So he's like, just so you know, it's going to sting, and then it's going to burn, and Dr. Klaffenstein did something very specific that really helped me a lot. I learned a lot about how I manage pain, but he basically told me what was going to happen about a second before it was going to happen so that you knew it was coming and you could brace yourself. And it really worked well. He's like, okay, get ready. Here we go. Sting, and it stung. Burn, and it burned. <laughs> like a kick like a mule. Hit hard. Lasted about 10 seconds, and that's it gone. He said that ahead of time. He said, it's going to sting. It's going to burn. It'll last about 10, 15 seconds and it's done. And so the first one was sting, burn, gone. Okay. Three more of those, right? Move to the next spot. Sting, burn, gone. And then the next one and the next one. And we walk through those four and then they give it a little bit of time for the anesthetizing stuff to work. And then they start screwing things into your skull. And as they're doing this, it feels bizarre. But by the end of it, it just feels like you're wearing a tight baseball cap, and that's kind of it. And then they brought in family and friends to be able to talk, and, and the basic facial expression as they walked in was, <laughs> you okay? Right? That was, and I, honestly, I was fine. So we're just chatting. I felt like I had kind of a football helmet face mask on, you know, and you're just talking through the face mask like you would see a cornerback doing as he's talking to his linebacker, you know, you got a face mask there and we're just chatting and everything was fine and I had absolutely no issue at all. They take that thing and they lock it down to a table and they lock your head in place and then I had to basically be locked down there for about three hours is the duration of it. So it was three hours locked to a table with this thing screwed to my head and the first hour and a half went really well. And uh, I was just going through pictures of Israel in my mind and remembering things and worshiping. And, and after about 91 minutes, exactly, it got a little harder. That last chunk of time was a little bit rough to get through. But praise God as we got through it and got to the back end of it and got it done. I'm just telling you this. Every single thing I was told is exactly how it went down. And I, my bottom line Listening to Dr. Klaffenstein saved me a lot of grief and worry, right? Please hear me, man. That's my human doctor here that I was trusting. Jesus Christ is the great physician. 
He knows exactly what he's doing, men. His name is faithful and true. Listen to him. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's promised and he'll make good. Do not pull away. Draw near. Hold fast. He knows exactly what he's doing and where he's going. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Number three, stir one another up to good works and rally regularly to a church on fire. Stir one another up to good works and rally regularly to a church on fire. We start in verse 24 here. Remember the words are let us, right? So first is let us draw. Second is let us hold fast. And now, and let us consider. Like, Make sure you contemplate this. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. How to encourage how to be a cheerleader, how to come alongside and go, you can do this, man. Let's go after this together. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Remember this, man. God is love. As you are stirring someone up to love and good works, you are introducing them to the greatness of God Almighty. You're like, draw near to the one who is love. The plan here is not, let us talk to people about how to fake love. Everybody say, not that. It isn't that. It's, Lord, may we come to know you, the God who is love. And may that pour over me and pour into me and then spill out of me. As we stir one another up to love, we're first introducing them to the greatness of God and the closeness of God. We're teaching them to draw near to him. That it can pour into him and then be spilling out from them. May they consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Man, may it be all about God at work in me. Lord, may I truly glorify you with all that I am and all that I have. You are awesome. Then it says, not neglecting to meet together, which is the habit of some. So in this time period, when Hebrews was written, they had problems with people uh, going to church regularly. Can you believe that? Like, who would skip out on church, right? And uh, just so you know, it's a problem today, and it was a problem then, right? And he's like, hey, man, don't neglect going to church. That's what it really is saying. Don't blow off the place where God is at work. Please hear me. I hate to even use the word going to church because it's a phrase that got used like when I was growing up. It's a very traditional thing. It actually became about a building. And everybody say, it's not that. And that's why it says here, do not forsake the gathering together of the assembly. Do not miss meeting together, right? It's about as we rally together, the Holy Spirit starts doing something in our midst. It's about a 1 Corinthians 14 experience. And as you as believers start getting fired up about who God is, maybe it's during a worship song where it starts getting real for you and you start getting amped about him and you're going after it. Maybe it's during the word and you've been wrestling with something for a week or a month and all of a sudden a passage hits you and this phrase comes out and you're like, that's exactly where I'm at. God, that's what I need from you. And all of a sudden, you're getting pretty passionate about it. Maybe your eyes fill with tears. Maybe you start smiling. You're getting into it. Maybe there's a moment where we start sharing. You start applauding, and there are people around that start seeing it, and they're like, wow, man. These people are like into it. 
And uh, the response, 1 Corinthians 14, surely God is among us. And they end up falling on their faces and crying out that God is real and he is here. Man, I'm telling you, don't miss the rallying together of believers who are going after Jesus Christ. That's what this is saying. Don't miss a church on fire. And all of God's people said, man, this is a huge opportunity to rally together for the spirit to move. He does something in this place we cannot explain. It's a huge deal as he starts moving in the guy in the row down from you. And all of a sudden, he starts moving in you. And you start grasping something. And you're starting to get amped up. God doing a work. Don't miss it. Don't belittle what church is all about. It is the rallying together of those who believe in Jesus Christ as we practice drawing near. And all of God's people said, and we serve a God who has done for us what we could not do. May we get close to that God with all we've got. May we celebrate that king with all we have. He reigns and rules forever, right? He says here, let's not neglect the meeting together as the habit of some. You're like, well, I've got that down. I'm, I'm here today. Well, spread the word, right? Share it out. And we take this seriously, man. We do not want to miss out on what God's doing in this place. And please, it's not about somehow making it about us and this church name when we're saying, man, don't miss this place. Don't miss what God's doing here. It is so about Jesus Christ. It is so about you getting close to him and the spirit doing a moving work. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, and get your worship on fire. Rally with others who are fired up about him. That's what he's saying. And then he said, not neglecting to meet together is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What day? The day when Jesus Christ is returning. The day when he is coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. Please hear me. He is God Almighty. He rules over it all, man. He is in charge. And there is a moment where we are right now seeing through this glass dimly, but we will see him face to face. Man, we will have the sin gone. We will be blown away with his glory. We will be drilled to our knees in his awesomeness. We will be celebrating God like never before. And all the distractions and all the worries are gone. He reigns over all. Amen, man. Don't miss it. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is coming again, and that is the day drawing near when his foot touches down and all rebellion is put to an end, and he rules physically over all. That day is coming, and all of God's people said, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. That's how John ended the book of Revelation after seeing the glory of Christ unveiled. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We should long to be in his presence. When we're not, I'm telling you, there is something we're allowing to be in our heart and in our life that is distracting us away from him. Lord God, I'm ready to set it down. I'm ready to draw near. You're in charge. May you get the whole attention of my soul as we draw near, as we hold fast, and as we rally together all for God's glory.
and all of God's people said, let's pray.